Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage, and practice self-care, and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power, and this allows us to impact, serve, and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. You have asked and I listened. I am so excited to announce the upcoming Rising Leaders Collective Membership Community. This will include bi-weekly support as you learn to own and stand on your story in a supportive collaborative space. Do you want to become a published author, a podcaster, or a business owner? Then this is the space for you. Be the first to know all the details as they are released. You do not want to miss out. Drop your email in the link below in the show notes. I am so excited to support you and bring this vision to life. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And this is a super special episode. I know I probably say this a lot, but I am just on the verge of celebrating four years since I launched my six-time best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. And I just really wanted to dive in and share a few things about this experience. And again, hopefully you will see yourself in part of my story. Where was I when I decided to write my solo book? I actually wrote in three different collaborative books starting in 2015 and started sharing my story on stage of a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse. I honestly couldn't have seen this the way that it had unfolded. So let's just stay with me for a second because this is a super emotional. I just want to share it. There's so many lessons that I've learned since I went down this path. And when I finally decided to write my own book, I was getting ready to share in another collaborative book. And this is the thing that I love the collaborative space. And I'm actually with my other co-host, Suru, we do have collaborative books because I'm so passionate about helping people to learn how to share their stories. But my husband said to me, why don't you write your own book? And I remember sitting there going, no, there's no, I can't do that. Like, that's actually, I can't do that. That's like this whole imposter syndrome stuck in and all the things. But there was this little voice in the back of my head that said, what if I do do my own book? What is that going to look like? What is that going to look like? And then it was that maybe that's a possibility. And I started to look into it and I'm so grateful that I decided to dig in. I can tell you the year of 2017, literally the entire year was put towards finishing my book and getting it done and getting it out there. And when I went through that process, there were so many things that I learned. There are so many things that learned up to today, so many things that rang true. And really how many times, like the power of asking different questions. My book is called when she stopped asking why, because that was the turning point. And I'm always asking my clients, think about the turning point in your life. And what was it for me? The second I stopped asking why I was no longer a victim of my own circumstances. I was actually in charge of what I was creating, what I wanted to do next, how I could respond. 
And the why, every time I said the word why, I would be like, nope, don't do that. Nope, let's focus on what? Let's focus on what? What is an action word? And it would help me to find what could be my next step. When you're living in chaos, people would say to me, like, do you want to come over for supper on Saturday? Do you, what are you doing for Christmas? And I'm like, honestly, if you've ever lived in chaos, like, I don't know what the next hour is going to be, let alone, I couldn't plan for anything more than the day I was trying to survive. That's where our life was at. So it was really easy to fall into why, but the word what allowed me to focus on what I had to do next. Like what was the next best thing to help me move forward in my circumstance? And when you're in the space of chaos, grief, loss, which is where we were, that's the only thing you can focus on is what's your next best step. So when it came time for the book to launch, I remember having the cover choice And it was very safe cover choice of actually my friend, Cheryl, and her two boys walking in the woods from behind, because I just wanted to capture this vision of as a parent, you know, you picture when you're walking with your kids, when they're younger, how you have their hands and you can always support them and you're always there for them. But that's not where we were living. And a friend of mine actually passed my book along to David Chilton, who I actually had met before, the author of The Wealthy Barber. And he reached out. We ended up with a two-hour conversation. And he said, you need to put your face on the cover. And honestly, I was scared to death to put my face on the cover. You got to remember, I was living in so much shame and hiding that I thought, how is how am I going to possibly put my face on the cover? But that was the whole point. If you want the story to be about your journey and your vulnerability, put your face on the cover. If you want to be able to share from a mom's perspective, then put the mom's face in the cover. That scared the crap out of me. And I honestly, it honestly did, but I did it. And we halted the delay of the book came out probably about six weeks later than what it was supposed to, because we changed the cover the week before it was supposed to come out. That's the whole piece about following your gut. And as it launched on the day, I want to share some lessons with you, but as it launched on that day and the vulnerability hangover that I went through afterwards, which is very, very real because I'd bared my soul to the world and I knew I needed to, but it was still scary. I remember seeing, watching it on Amazon that day and seeing it sit next to Gabor Mate's book. And I had actually read a number of his books when I was in the throes of our story. So to see your book beside a person who you've been looking up to, I still will never forget that image. And it just meant that it was reaching and it was reaching people, which is exactly what I wanted to do. But I wanted to share some lessons with you. And I just, I really want you to take what speaks to you, let it land. And please know that you matter, your story matters, and someone somewhere is praying for the solutions that you're holding on to. I absolutely promise you. So first point, I wrote my book to help myself to heal and to help others to never feel that they were alone. That's why I wrote it. Healing is what I've done. And I have helped others to see that they are not alone. That was the entire intention why I wrote it. I learned to write it with that intention. Not everybody understood what I was doing and why I was doing it, but I desperately wanted people to not feel alone because I had felt so alone for so long. When I released this book, I actually started this podcast 
And it started because I wanted to have a platform to help people to share difficult stories. Because again, four years ago, people were not talking about vulnerable stuff. They really weren't very far and few between. We see so much more of it now and it's becoming so much more normalized, which I love because that is helping all of us to connect and link arms and know that we are not alone. I have let go of the need to be a perfectionist. I honestly was a perfectionist for most of my life. I didn't even recognize it or realize it, but I almost let go of it completely. I'm almost the opposite in a sense because messy action is what I'm all about. But it took me a long time to understand that being a perfectionist was actually a trauma response. And it was a response because it was my way of controlling chaos around me which actually only hurt me. So that's another whole story, but that's how we, we learn. We go through that and we learn. I'm so grateful that I was a perfectionist because that was how I moved through. And then it got to the space of realizing I don't need that anymore. It's actually not required. It's not necessary. And I remember when somebody brought me my book, all highlighted, showing me where my mistakes were. And I sat there and my old me wanted to crumble thinking, see, you're an imposter. Like, what are you doing? Writing a book. You can't even catch mistakes. Meanwhile, we'd had four different people editing the book plus an editor and things still got missed. And I remember at that time, and this person said, I think it's so important. You need to know this. And I said, you know what? It's actually important to you. It's actually not to me. I'm grateful there's mistakes because it shows others that you don't need to be perfect in order to get your work out into the world. So let go of something that maybe you have that's been a part of you for so long that you actually don't even need anymore. It's not part of your identity anymore. I am so grateful that I put my own healing ahead of a business, of building a business, because we always go first. A lot of people come to me and say they want to build their business. They want to do it like this, like I'm doing, or do something else. And But where do I start? I'm like, you have got to go first. That means in all aspects of your life and business, relationships, health, whatever that is, you have to go first. Taking care of you is a priority so that you can heal to hold the capacity as you build it. If somebody had given me a vision of what this could look like in four years time, I probably wouldn't have actually, I would have freaked out. I would have freaked out. I wasn't ready for it. So I had to go first and I had to heal in order for that to be a possibility. Number four, we never know who will be impacted by our story. I say it, I say it all the time. It's on the end of all of my emails. Someone somewhere is praying for the solutions that we are holding on to, holding on to them as selfish. When you feel like you've got to the other side of your story, passing them on, moving the torch, sharing with others, paying it forward is literally what it's all about. 100% what it's all about. And I know I have done this in episodes. If you're a fan of the show, you would have heard it. But our book that released in 2020 called Owning Your Choices, that was a best-selling collaborative book. And one of the stories in there, her name is Thembeka. She is from Africa. And we connected through this podcast, through me sharing my story. She shares her story as a survivor of human trafficking. And I just, I'm so grateful for that connection. We never know who's going to be impacted by sharing our story. It is going to be somebody you have never met yet. This started the journey of helping other women to share their story. And it is truly a fire that I love being part of. I am so grateful seeing them shift and change their light of what this story means and how they can pay it forward and help others. It just keeps me going all day long. Absolutely love it. Six, there is no easy way through doing the work. So stop looking for the shortcut because it's not there. It's not there. It's messy, hard, ugly, and through is the only way. When we were in the thick of it, 
there came a point where I felt like I was like crying every day, sobbing, trying to climb through this big pile of shit. There's no other way to say it. It was messy. I was buried in it. I couldn't get through. And then all of a sudden there was one day where I was like, oh, wait, I think I think I I think I can do this. I feel more human. I feel like I can. And someone else had asked me or made a comment. And I said, no, there's no, you can't toe dip this. You can't toe dip working through trauma, through challenge, through chaos. You can't toe dip it. You literally have to crawl through your hands and knees, get in the mess, let yourself feel and move to the other side. It is the only way. There is no other way. So please don't shortcut it because if you shortcut it, it will only come back tenfold later. Work on the healing now and you go first. Seven, there are gifts in all of us and gifts from all of our experiences. It is our choice whether we choose to use them or not. It's our choice. The gifts are there. I actually believe our gifts are really buried in the most difficult experiences that we go through. That's how we learn what our gifts are. And it's our job to unpack them and uncover them. And as we do that, honestly, that is where we find them. But the problem is the most difficult experiences of our life. A lot of the times we don't want to touch it. We don't want to look at it. We just kind of want to move on and look the other way. But our biggest gifts can be buried inside of those challenges. It's our job to unpack them and look for them. Eight, we can always choose our heart. Staying stuck is hard and moving forward is hard. We get to choose which one we want. So when people say to me all the time, but this is too hard to move forward. It's too hard to be vulnerable. It's too hard to share. And then I always ask, but ask yourself if you are living up to the potential of what you are here to create and ask yourself how hard that is to stay stuck and small. If you feel called to do something more with your story and you're not because of fear of others or fear of judgment, that is a choice to stay small. So please honor that choice and know that you get to choose your heart. And as Glennon Doyle always says, we can do hard things. We can, we do it. Go back in your history and look, you can do hard things. We all do hard things and we all can make it through. Nine, our stories happen to us for a reason. We choose to see the reason or we can ask different questions as to what this is teaching us. So I don't always like, to be honest, that like this is happening for you. When you're in the middle of chaos, that's like one of the worst things to say to somebody. Don't say that. What about if we can ask different questions? So now, even when really bad things happen, I think, okay, no, this is not happening for me. I might be able to now, but what I really do ask myself is what is this teaching me? What is this wanting to show me so that I can open up my mind to possibilities and look for the lessons that are in all of the experiences that I have. 10, some of the most impactful people in our life or the people we are meant to impact are people we haven't even met yet. They are waiting for us to go first. They're literally waiting every year. I do an inventory and I look at the people that are in my life, the people I'm collaborating with, the people I'm connecting with. And a lot of times I didn't know them a couple of years ago. Some of them I didn't even know six months ago. That's the beautiful thing. We go first and the people who are meant to be in our life and part of our story, they get to connect with us. It's a beautiful thing. 11. If you are not in a place of believing in yourself, surround yourself with people who you can borrow their belief from, and then know that you will pay it forward to someone else one day. 1000%, I would not be where I am today if I did not have incredible people and mentors in my life who believed in me, who poured belief into me, who nudged me, who called me out on my shit, who encouraged me to keep going. It Not a chance, not a chance at all. 
So allow yourself to be seen and allow yourself to connect with others because when you can borrow someone's belief, it will help you to keep going and to keep showing up. 12, we are always capable of more than we think. Always. Our biggest limitation is us. A hundred percent it's us. It's old stories. It's the stories we believe. It's the thoughts from others, whatever. But we are our biggest limitation. Always. So when you can learn to get out of your own way, and trust me, I'm still practicing this every day. When you can learn to get out of your own way, you can see what is possible. You can see what is impossible and it's all possible. All of it. 13, the dots always connect somewhere. I had to finish with this one because the dots always connect somewhere. Have faith that this dot, like if you can look back on all of the dots that connected to where you are today, know that even if the dot you are standing in today is ugly, not what you want, please know that it connects to somewhere in your future. They all connect in some way, shape or form. And that comes from Mel Robbins. That was such a eye opener for me. And I love that the Steve Jobs quote about the dots are always connected when we look in reverse, but it really is so powerful when we can look at it. And the last thing is that I first off want to thank you as always for being here on this podcast, for sharing, for reaching out, sending messages. Honestly, you have helped me to grow this show in ways I could never have imagined. And I want to thank you for listening and honoring that. I just really want to celebrate that this is this, that my book six, when she stopped asking why is four years old on November 17th. I will be sending out, um, I think it's five. We've put five copies. I'm asking if you can share, screenshot this and share it on social media, tag me, then I will be mailing out five copies and signed to each of you to thank you for everything that you have done to help me to spread this message. I want to leave it with this. The word what is all that matters. What is my next step? What is my next choice? What is my choice for my life? What do I want to create in my life? What makes me happy? Fills my cup to overflow. The word what grounds me and reminds me that it is not all about me. Life is happening for me, not to me. What legacy do I want to be remembered for? The what is everything. What I do know is that I can only love others to the extent that I love myself. In order to love myself, I must live in gratitude for every single lesson and experience that I've encountered. I must love the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it. Hate is not an option anymore. I choose to spend my energy differently. I choose to love. What I do know is that I love my boys. They're incredible human beings. They were given to me for a reason. They have taught me more than they will ever realize. They are here for a purpose. They will tap into their own gifts be their own person, and do what they are here to do on this earth. Regardless of where their life leads, I will love them no matter what. Our story isn't over. It's ongoing, and it will always be a work in progress, and so will yours. I'm sending you so much love today and um, just grateful for this this entire growth journey. Honestly, going through this process has improved my relationship with myself and everyone else around me and has helped me to just take a step forward to living more up to my potential and helping others to do the same. So grateful. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.